0: Welcome to Murder Bucket, a true crime podcast where I talk about everything from murders, paranormal activity, kidnappings, abductions, and also weird stuff. If you never want to miss a new episode, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. It would also be helpful if you rated and left me a review. This spreads the word about Murder Bucket. Let's see what we're going to pull out of the bucket this week. Good evening, Murder Bucket family, and welcome back to Tuesday. I know it's been a couple of weeks. I apologize for that. Just didn't have a chance to get the episode out, and I didn't want to put it out on a different day. Wanted to keep the Tuesday track going, so I just decided to wait another week. But, this is a mini-episode, and with mini-episodes... We don't do our week slash weekend recap. So with that being said, let's go ahead and get started. Tonight, we're talking about Nick Pantanita. We are going to start off with a brief history of the Guinness Book of World Records, and you will understand why in just a few minutes. Sir Hugh Beaver, who was the managing director of the Guinness Breweries, went to a shooting party in Ireland on November 10, 1951. While there, he got into an argument over what was the fastest game bird in Europe. He realized that it was impossible to confirm this in reference books. He figured that a book supplying the answers to these kind of questions might prove successful. He decided to speak with twin brothers Norris and Ross McRitter to compile what became the Guinness Book of Records in August of 1954. Over a thousand copies were printed and given away. The first official bound book was printed on August 27th of 1955. By Christmas of 1955, the book had made it to the top of the British bestseller list. The following year, it was brought to the United States by New York publisher David Boehm and sold over 70,000 copies. So what's all this interest in the Guinness Book of World Records? Let me tell you. Nick Pantanita was born on August 15, 1932 in Union City, New Jersey. He had one younger brother. Around the age of 10, he began to experiment at home with parachutes that he made. The first one he made, he decided to test it on a stray cat in the neighborhood. He dropped the cat off of a five-story building near where they lived. When his parents were informed of this, he decided to test the next parachute on himself. Well, that didn't turn out very well either. When he jumped off one of the lower roofs of this apartment complex, he broke his arm. As Nick grew older, his fascination with parachutes and skydiving grew enormously. After graduating high school, he decided to join the U.S. Army Reserves and then the U.S. Army. Soon after his military career was over, he got back into his obsession with skydiving and parachutes. He and one of his climbing partners, Walt Tomashoff, became the first people to climb a route on the north side of a plateau in Venezuela. They were interviewed on the Today Show for their accomplishments. When he returned to the United States, he began working at an embroidery factory, played basketball at various colleges, and then eventually became an iron worker that worked on the Verrazano-Narrows Bridge located between Staten Island and Brooklyn. In 1963, Nick married Janice McDowell, and they had three daughters. Soon after this, his skydiving career took off. While living in Brick Township, New Jersey, he watched several jumps at the Lake Sport Parachuting Center. He then began taking lessons and jumping on a regular basis, which eventually earned him a Class D expert license. At that time, Yevgeny Andryev held the world record for the highest parachute jump. Nick wanted to bring this world record back to the United States from the Soviet Union. In order to be able to train on the weekends, Nick decided to take up a job driving trucks. He then began studying meteorology, balloon technology, and survival systems. He got sponsorships, and was given access to a training facility by the United States Air Force. He was then given a loan from David Clark Company to purchase a pressure suit. According to Wikipedia.com, a pressure suit is a protective suit worn by high-altitude pilots who may fly at altitudes where the air pressure is too low for an unprotected person to survive, even breathing pure oxygen at positive pressure. Suits may be either full pressure or partial pressure. Nick then gathered a team of volunteers together to help with his attempt at the world free-falling record. On October twenty-second of nineteen sixty-five, he made his first attempt in a balloon he named Strato Jump One. Unfortunately, the wind ended up tearing off the top of his balloon, which forced him to parachute into the Saint Paul, Minnesota city dump. Just a few months later, on February 2, 1966, Nick made his second attempt. During this attempt, he launched the Strato Jump 2 near Sioux Falls, South Dakota. He was able to reach an altitude of 123,500 feet, but unfortunately, during this attempt, he was unable to get disconnected from his oxygen line and had to return to Earth in the gondola. Because he did not return with his balloon, the altitude he reached was not recognized as a world record. And because he never jumped, he did not earn the parachute altitude record either. On May 1st of 1966, he went for his third and final attempt. He was secured inside the styrofoam gondola he named Strato Jump 3. While he was gaining altitude, Ground control was startled by the sound of a whoosh of rushing air and a cut-off call over the radio to abort the mission. Nick's suit had depressurized around the 57,000-foot mark. Nick's gondola parachuted to the ground. He barely survived the descent because he suffered massive tissue damage. With the lack of oxygen, he was left brain-damaged and in a coma. Just four months later, Nick died at the Veterans Hospital in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, on August 29, 1966. He is buried in Holy Cross Cemetery in North Arlington, New Jersey. The Smithsonian National Air and Space Museum's Stephen Udvar Hazy Center, located in Chantilly, Virginia, has the gondola of the Strato Jump 3 preserved and on display. There was a film based upon Nick's life titled Angry Sky, which premiered on ESPN on July 30th of 2015. Here is the audio clip from Angry Sky official trailer located on Gorilla Flick's YouTube channel. Every mountain climber wants to go on Everest, you know, the same thing He's here. The longest, fastest, and highest skydive in the world is a goal for every skydiver. Considering all that it took to make my jump possible, I cannot imagine doing this jump 50 years ago, especially not the way that Nick Piantanita did it. Look to the skies. There's a man attempting the impossible. A leap from the edge of space. He's not an astronaut, he's not a cosmonaut. No, he's amateur adventurer, Nick Piantanita, a truck driver from New Jersey. Nick was this New Jersey truck driver who had decided he wanted to break the world freefall record. They said it wasn't possible, and so he said, I think it is. You had to pull for him, I mean, this guy was the underdog, you know, he was attempting something that, that was outrageous. Go black. I'm right out at the this is he didn't have the training he needed. He didn't have the discipline he needed. He didn't have the knowledge he needed. But he had the uh, he had the balls of an elephant. We According to guinnessworldrecords.com, Felix Baumgartner currently holds the world records for the highest freefall parachute jump at 127,852 feet. And with that, that is the end of tonight's mini-episode. I hope you found that as interesting as I did. After watching that trailer, I am definitely going to go see if I can figure out how to watch the full movie. It looks very fascinating, and I would love to know more about all of his attempts. Let me know if you've seen it. Send me a DM, an email, or comment on any of these posts on my social media. I will see you next week. Thanks for sticking around to the end. Be sure to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.